I struggle in flesh and bone Seems like blood and breath How do I know if I'll stand strong? Man, I should have been a rock star. That's that's what I was missing in my life. Gosh, what the heck was I thinking? Doing whatever I was doing for, for my whole life. Besides being a rock star, man. Well, hallelujah. I just wanted to chime in here. A little basham report, front lines. Woo, I'm walking barefoot on the snow. Hear that? Ooh, that's how we freak out the tourists. Yeah, walk around barefoot when you're size 13 and there's uh, footprints in the snow that are big enough. People are like, oh my gosh, Bigfoot. And that's how we attract the tourists out here in um, snowy, blizzardy, uh, smoky mountains. Hallelujah. Ooh, it's gold. Ooh. Making a, a fire. I'm keeping the cabin warm. I'm keeping the goats fed. It's uh, it's like I don't know, probably like twenty something degrees, but um, we're thankful to be um, alive and kicking. And gonna do some more Jonah in a little bit. Just wanted to record this first of all because, well, a lot of things are coming together. There's, it's not just the big shift that all the new agers and the Christians, they always like to talk about the big shit. It's all coming. The shift is hitting the fan. It's, um, it's really true. There's a revelatory new understanding coming to those who will read the word and who will spend time in the book and read the Bible cold turkey and not be feasting on the, the knowledge of the enemy, the knowledge of different shades of poop if you will get versed in the word if you will get versed in the bible if you will start to make the word of god and the world of god bigger than the world of the enemy you know somebody was saying this recently and i think i made a a youtube video that i have yet to post i've been doing youtubes again I have a a tiny little YouTube channel, but I noticed that there's a lot of people that you can't really reach unless you go to them on their little platform. So it's like, fine, I'll go to Japan. Fine. I'll go to China. Fine. I'll go to Taiwan. Fine. I'll go to Nepal. Fine. I'll go to India. Fine. I'll go to YouTube. Fine. I'll go to um, Instagram. I'll go to Facebook. But you got to like invest the time. Otherwise people don't. But you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Anyway. I was talking about this, relaying this point that someone else had made. It was a really brilliant point. Why are they giving us the go-ahead and the green light to suddenly know all of the history of the Nephilim? The alien agenda. The false alien invasion. Why is suddenly every social media platform kind of letting you share stuff about vaccine injury and death? Kind of letting you get into some of these things about how the enemy is working through this or that platform or this or that. 
And that is a very important question to ask ourselves. What are they thinking? And who was it? I think it was Bridge on Holly Baglio's show today on the Spirit Force. She was doing a show. You can check out all of Holly's shows, by the way, on her own personal podcast. I think right now I've called it Holy Holly Baglio. Um, your hostess with the mostest. Hilarious. Just a great, great host. Um, Bridge was saying this. She has Bridge on every Thursday. Bridge was getting into the fact that they've got to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. So they get, they have less kind of kickback on the fact that they went and killed all these people. They can say, well, we, we told them and we got them to sign on to it. So our punishment will be less after they get caught. In essence, it's like something you do when you know what you're doing is bad but you kind of let it leak out that you're going to do it. So then there's a little bit less. It's like if I was telling people very controversial things and then they find out that I did an extremely controversial thing, but then I already told them that I'm doing controversial things. It's like the, the, the punishment that I would get or the, the persecution I would get would be way less if I just shared that, it's like they have to share at least a little bit of the truth as much as they can. There's a lot more going on than what you, what you see on the social media algorithms and the podcasts and the research about the Jesuits and the protocols of Zion. And there's a lot more going on than just that, obviously. But they're allowing that. And so one of the things that I've noticed the Holy Spirit is doing with his people, not just me, but a lot of people is going cold Turkey, swearing that stuff off as much as possible, as much as you are able. And, but you're like, what do I do? I'm bored. I don't have any Illuminati stuff to listen to. And who, but who's going to tell me about the aliens in Miami and the more. And you know, you're filling your day and the hours of your time with that stuff. And, Meanwhile, when was the last time you sat down and you read an entire book of the Bible? Like, let's say you read through the book of Mark or the book of Isaiah or the book of Revelation. When was the last time you sat down and did that? Oh, well, maybe never. Well, I heard this Christian podcaster mention a few verses in the Bible. Well, great. Good for you. That doesn't amount to much. I mean, at least it tells me that you're not really hungry to know more about God. You're not really interested to know the depths of wisdom in the word if you can't even read your holy Bible page to page, cover to cover, chapter to chapter, book to book. Why are you telling me to go read the book of Jasher or the book of Enoch or some other extra biblical book when I don't even detect the love of the word of God in you? Jesus accused the Pharisees saying that they had not the love of God in them. So obviously it's not just reading the Bible itself that's important, but being it, you know, living it. Um, but how do you love God? How can you say you love God if you haven't even read his love letters to you? 
and you're going to tell me that you love him with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul? Well, I'm guilty of this too, so don't think I'm trying to preach a sermon about how good Michael Basham is, because he's just bashing, bashing, bashing as anybody else. But I don't know, I just, I feel exceedingly, abundantly ecstatic about the truth right now, because the shift is here. The shift is you, like, we're going to get back into the book of Jonah. Um, You read the word today, and you don't come out of your Bible sounding like, down the street, Pastor John Ferguson at the Baptist church, and you're ready to preach a sermon and go to Africa and do mission work. No, my friend, the days for that kind of thing are long over. In fact, most churches were masked up and praying for people to get vaccinated the other day. Most mission fields, you can't really start a lasting mission thing because the money system is so screwed up. You know, I'm having so many (laughs) problems just trying to send donations around the world. And then I talked to my uncle who runs Derek Prince ministries. Yeah. Ever heard of Derek Prince? My uncle runs that. Yeah. I'm like, kind of like, hello, anybody home McFly? What are you doing? Like, I need to, I need to call him up more often and talk to him. You sit down with uncle Dick for just like 10 minutes Ask him the right question. So, what's it like over in this country? He tells you the most amazing stories. You would think you were sitting down and you were Ethan, whatever, in uh, Mission Impossible and hearing, like, the stories of a senior agent or officer in the whatever group it is that they, that fictional movie. You would think that you were in that movie talking to um, Uncle Dick from Derek Prince Ministries because it's like the same problem. Getting money to China right now is so hard. There's so many restrictions. You, You wouldn't even begin to realize this until you start a podcast and interview somebody like Sabri Kasemi from Albania, who is, by the way, just on TV again sharing the gospel, debating with um, Islamicists. This is all on YouTube, by the way. This is this is the real deal. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm almost ready to just jump on an airplane and go to Albania just to hand that guy a bag of money. Just like, that's it. You know, even if it's just like a few hundred bucks, <laughs> at least it gets to him. And I saved like $400 on my plane ticket because of all the bank fees. I'm just so sick of that. The amount of time I have spent trying to get MoneyGram, PayPal, other things to work, it's like they're not letting you even really help ministries abroad. The, the guys, the point is here, and, and this is not to, I mean, you should, guys, look, anybody that wants to support them, we're going to get them that money. So whatever anybody sends us and it's for Albania, just write, this is for Albania and we'll we'll definitely make sure that they get that. I'm just trying to be a faithful steward and not do it the wrong way and lose anyone else's money that should be going to the poor, especially during these winter months. We're in the middle of January now. 
And I feel the frustration. I also, as a missionary, kind of part-time missionary, but still I've experienced, I've been there, I've been on the front lines, I've helped support and been amongst those that do the real thing. I know kind of the mundane side of like being an undercover operator. You always think it's so exciting. Oh my gosh, missionary work or it's more like these super soldiers that have been to Mars and they've been on these like off planet space things. And they always say, they're like, no one ever tells you the mundane side of being in space for years. (laughs) Like, you know, I was on this spaceship and that space truck and we were trucking haul and stuff. And, you know, there were some starships that actually had the words Toshiba on the side of them. Like this was just another trucking company shipping Toshiba things to somewhere. But we were there for so long. It was so boring. I've had a lot of dreams actually of Mars bases where it was mundane and boring to be on this Mars base. It was kind of like, why are we, what are we doing? And just annoying, annoying things that happen when you're in a place like that with people that are, they have nothing better to do than gossip and stir up strife. So a lot of mission work is dealing with the flesh and other people's flesh that you don't want to deal with. The Bible is so to the point. Crucify the flesh. Just be dead with it. It's so to the point. I'm in my dad's cabin and it's a little smoky, so I'm just kind of pacing around trying to figure out. I think this corner is a little bit less smoky. Hallelujah. But I got the fire, I got the wood-burning stove going, and it's pretty toasty, and uh, it's an insulated cabin. And once you get that fire going really strong, it this thing gets almost too hot. It's like a sauna. But I'm not quite at that sweet spot yet. And every time you open it, the smoke kind of goes into the cabin. But how did we get off on that? Well, so God is doing a new thing, and... Good old-fashioned mission work, or good old-fashioned space travel, <laughs> whatever. It's been going on for a while, guys. It's it's kind of passe to talk about, well, you read your Bible too much, you're going to turn into a missionary going to Africa and China. I've done that. Well, I haven't done Africa yet, but I've done China, and it's not what it used to be. It's not the days where technology used to serve mankind and you would bring like a camera and a dictaphone and a computer to China to do the Lord's work. Now all of technology is against us. All of technology has been set to spy on detract subterfuge kind of what's the word to um, sabotage your operations, your life. Technology is there no longer to help you. I mean, it does those little helpful things on the outside, but behind it is this insanely advanced AI genius system, which has been automated not to help you in your daily life, but to make you, to make things worse. You know, we have weather, right? We've always had weather. Weather's always been very weatherish, you know, weatherly being that it is weather. Well, who would have ever thunk it that people would spray the skies to alter the course of the weather to even 
in a place like where I live in the mountains that they would just spray, 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 get everything really wet and rainy. Rain, 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 rain. I mean, this has happened so many times now. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. It's like, it's a beautiful, clear day. Spray, 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 spray. Oh, it's all cloudy now. Oh, looks like we got weird rain. It's like really weird. But rain is rain, whatever. Okay, it's raining. But then, oh, cold front moving in. The polar vortex. The roads are frozen. Everything's frozen. Everything's freezing. Pipes are freezing. You know, life is just chaotic. Everybody's house pipes are frozen. Water doesn't work. It's chaos. It's like somebody just dropped a bunch of bombs everywhere. Well, all it took was a bunch of chemtrails to start some rain and then get everything wet just before the the snow comes in and freezes everything. It's just pure logical, elemental physics, whatever you want to call that. That's what they're doing. And that's just a microcosm of how AI can work in the background and watch you and watch you and watch you. It just watches you and watches you and watches you. Why are they watching you all the time? They're just like, oh, we're just watching. Okay. And then when the right moment comes, when it's just the perfect wrong thing that could possibly happen, they shift the thing and they move the thing on Facebook or this or that. And suddenly you're in a stew. You're in a pickle because somehow one thing that you said once showed up on somebody's feed somewhere else. And now there's legal things happening. There's like major chaos. I mean, that's the way it works. That's the way the devil works. He doesn't have complete control. All he can do is wait for those little perfect little opportunities. Does that make any sense? So it's very difficult to do mission work right now with technology, with the way that they're hindering and subtracting your time and making it impossible to help the people that need help. But here's the good news. If you would stop looking at things in the traditional sense of, oh, I got to be a missionary, I got to be a pastor, I got to, and you would just read the Bible as an eternal destined son of God and read it for yourself. Claim those promises in there. Start to change your thinking. Put it more in alignment to the way that the Holy Spirit has for you. I mean, we don't need to be Apostle Paul. We weren't murdering the the first Christians and then suddenly like these raving missionaries like Paul going around sharing the gospel. It's like share the gospel or die. <laughs> you know, what was me if I preached not the gospel? You don't have to be Paul. You be you. Recognize that you might be whatever, 10th generation Christian. Some people are hundreds of generations of Christians. And you can expect that to all the prayers of your ancestors to play into who you are in this very, very special time in world history when no one has ever had to live through a period of time where artificial intelligence would seek to detract from your very life and your moment to moment life. Nobody. And, and we're still using the internet. And I often wonder, like, why do we still have this? Like, I thought this was supposed to be gone, like, a long time ago. Well, maybe it's not just the enemy is in control of it. Maybe God wants us to have this. Maybe the things that Elon Musk is doing that are just destroying so many 
opportunities of the enemy to, and just, I mean, do you really think that's all Satan? Can Satan fight Satan? The people that criticize Elon sound like the people that were saying, well, you know, Jesus is just doing these miracles uh, by the power of Satan. Why would Satan fight Satan? Why would Elon be fighting if he was Satan's prince or something fighting Satan? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Not to worship him or put him on a huge pedestal. But we need to pray for him. We need to pray for his family. We need to pray for his kids. Pray for his future life, future family. We need to really put the prayers for Elon maybe on the forefront of our dashboard. Little post-it note. Pray for Elon. Hashtag pray for Elon. Pray for number four, Elon. That, That should be a hashtag. So many people have been talking to me about, oh, I had a dream about Elon. I've been having dreams with Elon. <gasps> Sorry, that was ice water. Pretty loud. I've had so many dreams with Elon, and they're very similar to the kinds of dreams I used to have with Trump, which is a very suspicious thing, because the Trump dreams were always very... I was, like, friends with his family. I'm hanging out with him all day. And then my wife is having dreams with Elon, too. And my wife is a mystic. She's definitely a, a very high-level spiritual being. We've done miracles together. We've lived through so many amazing things together. But she's got two small babies. I mean, you don't really usually have time to be as attuned to those things when you're dealing with little babies all the time. But even she, in this period of time in her life... Where she's not like, we're not like having these like miraculous 12 hour prayer sessions or, you know, she, her testimony you can listen to on my, on my uh, website, faithbucks.com, Jennifer Christine. She has had like overnight praying in tongue sessions, launching fireballs in the spirit. She's a very capable woman of God when she wants to be. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) Anyway. God even has given her dreams in this period of time with the small babies and being busy with mommyhood, which is a great and blessed thing. Elon Musk dreams are always the same. He's, he's there. He's hanging out with us. We're having long dinner conversations. Why is that? What does that mean? What is God trying to tell us? Well, oftentimes God will give you a dream like that where you might not actually be in like the room physically, but in the spirit, you are Joseph with Pharaoh. You are Paul before some magistrate. You are Jesus with Herod, not necessarily in that order or in that situation, but you're dealing with the Kings of your time. You are Daniel with, with um, King of Babylon you're you're in that position because God's prophets and God's people are always actually we're more influential than those people. The kings of the earth love to think that they control reality because they have all the blessing, they have all the money, they have all the name and the prestige. But actually what's really happening is God's people are the mighty ones in all the earth. And these other people, well, they're important. But they're just there 
because they're doing the things that God doesn't really want us to do. He doesn't want us to deal with like build a social media platform and be in charge of Hollywood. And God doesn't want his people to be in charge of that kind of stuff. Cause it would detract from, from ministering to him really. And whatever it is God wants you to do. I mean, God wants you to do the things that he has for you to do. Imagine that. He has things for you to do that no one else can do. But if you're going to spend all your time doing like things that other people want you to do, which most of those Hollywood people have to do, no matter how famous they look there, most of them are miserable. Um, you know, he's, he's saved a lot of us from having to go through that. So praise God. Most of us aren't famous movie actors, <laughs> you know? So sorry, I'm rambling here, but I just wanted to share this. I'm going to get into the word. Uh, this is a little Basham report. After all, the word is alive. And if you will get into the revelations of the word, I'm not going to just come here and wow you with revelations from Michael Basham. But I'm interested in the revelations that God is going to be showing you when you shut off the channels of the dark side and you begin to, to step into the word of God and see what he shows you and see the things that come through that channel and watch and pray and beseech the Lord for revelation. He's got things for you that nobody else is ever going to see unless you share them. I'm like looking in the mirror here. I'm like, oh man, shoot. <laughs> I remember when I began to sort of finally seek God for myself in my young adult life. And I made a decision. I'm going to really go after the things of God based on the things that he's shown me. And I was immediately challenged by a bunch of new age UFO cult people. This is a true story. And they were telling me like, look, you've got aliens in your school. Like there's people in your school, in your campus. They're not human. And they were very serious warning me. Very serious, like Buddhist kind of psychic channeler kind of people. And I listened to them and I was trying to be supportive and as loving as I could. And well, I'm a Christian and, but some of the things that they said came true. And I think I actually met one of these, these um, alien hybrid people who were coming in from Hong Kong into Taiwan. <laughs> so crazy. It would take a long time to, to retell the story. If you haven't heard the story before, like just send a little comment or a message and I'll see it. And I'll be like, okay, I need to tell the whole story again. It's a fun story. But the main story to me was coming into the, into the word and making a decision alone by myself for the first time, age 25 or 26. I don't know, maybe 27. I forget. It was that, it was that era. It was like 2010. I am going to serve God. I'm going to follow up on the things that he's shown me so far. I'm not going to get sucked into the world. And even though God has put me back in college and university and I'm, seemingly on my merry way to get back into the system and the world. And I continue to have the spirit of a missionary to live by faith and to put the word above all else. 
day by day. So even if I'm sitting in a classroom, I'll actually be actually mostly focus on the word of God and what God wants me to do. When I read Chinese characters and I study Chinese characters, I'm going to be actually hoping to get to the, to the heart of what God's plan for China is to save China. And immediately he showed me about the figurists. It's another story I'll have to tell for another time. But God began to show me things about basically like the really out there stuff is right at our fingertips. If we would but pray. If you want to pray a prayer that lets you stand aboard an angelic, living, breathing spacecraft that's governed by the Holy Spirit. And you have the faith to pray that kind of a prayer. And you know it's going to make people like raise an eyebrow. But you don't mind in your own personal life to, to pray such a prayer. You might actually start receiving dreams and visions of such a thing and making use of that, which would be, well, the enemy's side of things seems to find those things pretty useful. Flittering about on their TR-3Bs, those triangular anti-gravitic spacecraft and kidnapping children and doing horrible fiendish things. What about God's side of the, of the table? So I'm just going to leave that right there. I'm going to put that on the table and I'm going to go and I'm going to go spend some time with family. And then I'm going to go out there and read some book of Joel or Job or Jonah. Wow. That was a mess. I got to read those other books too. You know, I haven't, I've done so many podcasts and I'm ashamed that we haven't read more Bible. So I'm trying to do more Bible podcasts. And um, so you can be like, you know what? I don't really want to listen to Basham rant the whole time. I want to listen to the book of Revelation with just minimal Basham rantage. And you'll be able to find it like Revelation chapter one, two, three, Revelation four, five, six, you know, we'll have those. Um, but I can re- I can recommend right now, uh, Quantum Christianity is pure Bible. It is just the Bible. And I have been humbled by the power of such a one as the host of Quantum Christianity. And I would recommend people listen to that and also uh, some of the sermons that are going to be posted up there. And uh, just expect interesting things to come about those channels of where you're willing to go through the training. You want to be a super soldier for Jesus? You want to go through the secret spirit programs? There, I just coined a new word. Then you've got to get down to brass tacks with your word and your prayer life and your devotional time with Jesus. Lay aside the flesh, consider yourself dead to this world, and then watch all the crud melt away as the things of God become real to you. And yet Jesus Christ himself, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. If Jesus had to do that through the suffering that helped you to learn obedience, then don't expect it to be a walk in the park. You're going to have to put a little effort into it. Jesus made it a lot easier for us. So we don't have to be Jesus. 
It's just way easier if you stop trying to be Jesus or the end time prophet or whatever and do all the things and let Jesus flow through you and do the hard work. Amen. All right, that's enough preaching for now. Praise the Lord. I love you guys. In Jesus' name, may you be blessed. May you be filled with the Lord and hallelujah. Bye-bye. What's new today? What's new?